Well, hello and welcome to the CSF February monthly podcast. We've got three papers uploaded to the CSF website this month and today I'm going to be highlighting two of these that were particularly interesting to me. Now the first paper is a, a very interesting paper. It's unique in several respects. It's an analysis of the patient reported outcomes of a Chinese subpopulation enrolled in oral sink. Now the lead author here is uh, Professor Zhang Li in the Peking University People's Hospital over in Beijing. Uh, Professor Li is one of the leading lights in Chinese rheumatology and it's really uh, terrific to be learning from him and getting his perspectives in this particular phase three development program. Now the background, I'm sure you'll recall oral sync was a phase three tofacitinib study. It was the first of its kind to include Chinese patients who had rheumatoid arthritis. The study compared tofacitinib 5 milligrams BID versus 10 milligrams BID versus placebo with uh, placebo recipients switching to tofa 5 or 10 milligrams BID in combination with conventional synthetic DMARDs. Now, the results of oral sync suggested that patients given tofacitinib 5 or 10 milligrams BID showed clinical improvements. And the safety profile was consistent with other phase 3 TOFA studies. As you'll recall, there was real consistency in the way in which Pfizer set up their phase 3 study program. The analysis of oral sync specifically focused on patient reported outcomes from a subpopulation of Chinese patients with rheumatoid arthritis. And for patients with rheumatoid, improvement in PROs are often considered more meaningful than improvements in underlying disease activity. Although I think it's important that we recall that those two should be directly related to each other. There may be other elements, of course, which drive the factors that influence how a PRO is reported. Now this study is important in evaluating tofacitinib therapy in Chinese patients and gives us an insight into that subgroup with all the caveats though of subgroup analysis. The key endpoints reported here included the HACC disability index, pain, patient physician global assessments, SF36 mental and physical component scores and the FACET-F. And these endpoints were measured at week two, then three, six, nine, and 12 months to give us a, a sense of change over the spectrum of the study. Now at three months, patients given tofacitinib 5 or 10 milligrams BID as opposed to placebo reported significant reduction in pain and also improvements when compared back to baseline in the HACC disability index, SF36 physical component score, the, the patient global assessment, and also the, the physicians global assessment. Now at six months, patients who received five or 10 milligrams BID tofacitinib compared to placebo continued to report reduction in pain, uh, improvements in the disability index and in physicians global assessment. The interesting thing at six months is that the 10 milligram dose reported significant improvement in SF36 mental component score and the facet F as compared at least with placebo. So the uh, PR improvements were generally maintained through 12 months, which is uh, gratifying given that we treat a chronic disease. Now, what are the key implications here? Well, tofacitinib given either at five or 10 milligrams BID demonstrated improvements in PROs in people from China who have rheumatoid arthritis. And this potentially gives us some insight into the benefit that such patients can receive, particularly given that they had previously had an inadequate response to conventional synthetic DMARDs. Um, the study uh, findings are consistent with those described in other phase three trials of tofacitinib. Remember, this was a very large integrated program and across the board, they've shown clinically and I think uh, Im important, meaningful improvements in a variety of PROs. 
these hadn't before been examined in the context of Chinese rheumatologic practice, and I think that gives us some sense that there is transferability, which is clearly very important indeed. Now, the other paper that I want to highlight this month particularly is a further sub-analysis of a very important trial, the UACT Early Study. Now, the lead author of this paper is Xavier Teitzma, uh, but the overall uh, PI for this study was Professor Johannes Bielsma, uh, and both of them work in the University Medical Center in Utrecht. Now, UACT Early uh, was a two-year phase three level trial in patients with rheumatoid arthritis who were DMARD naive. And the study set out to compare tocilizumab and methotrexate based treat to target strategies. Remember this is a strategy study rather than a, a study merely of the impact of an individual drug modality. Now patients were randomized to receive tocilizumab plus methotrexate, tocilizumab plus placebo methotrexate, or methotrexate plus placebo tocilizumab. The methotrexate doses were increased stepwise until patients achieved sustained remission. And when sustained remission was achieved, both tocilizumab and methotrexate doses were tapered and then all being well halted. Now this particular paper highlights an analysis of the radiographic joint damage in people from the UACT early study. And it's important to remember that this was the first randomized control trial to report two-year progression of radiographic joint damage in DMARD naive people with early rheumatoid arthritis. I think we're all now very well aware that in the absence of effective control of joint inflammation, structural damage uh, entailing erosion and joint space narrowing in turn leads to deformity. And that is one of the strongest correlates with functional impairment. And clearly as rheumatologists, one of our priorities is to try and prevent disability. Well, the key endpoints in this study were radiographic joint damage in the hands and feet. Uh, joint space narrowing was examined along with erosion progression. And these were assessed first at baseline with change then demonstrated over week 52 and week 104. So at week 52 and week 104, the proportion of patients who had absent erosion progression was higher for the tocilizumab treatment strategies overall versus methotrexate. Uh, the, the absence of radiographic progression was significantly higher in tocilizumab plus methotrexate versus methotrexate alone. There was no significant difference in joint space narrowing in the hands and feet between strategy groups at either week 52 or week 104. And at week 52, there was no significant difference in erosion progression in hands and feet between the treatment strategies. At week 104, erosion progression in the feet was significantly less in both tocilizumab treatment strategies versus methotrexate. Um, taken together, there is a, an apparent benefit in the use of tocilizumab when one looks at articular damage. The tocilizumab therapy can maintain a patient's functionality by potentially reducing inflammation, but also by limiting damage as a result. We need now to look in the longer term to really try and understand what the long-term benefits will be. I think it's also important to consider just what the margin of benefit is against the, for example, costs of using a potentially rather expensive biologic drug in a DMARD naive population. So there's still, I think, a lot of work to be done to understand how to properly apply the UACT early findings in routine clinical care. Now, the third paper we've uploaded to the website this year reports the results from the ACT taper study comparing the efficacy and tolerability of intravenous tocilizumab in combination with tapered 
or steady-state methotrexate in patients with severe RE. Uh, the lead author here is Professor Chris Edwards from Southampton University Hospital in the United Kingdom, and I commend that paper to you. Now, don't forget that all the content discussed in this podcast is available in a more detailed slide format in the publication section at the cytokinesignaling.com website. These slides are a great resource for you to use, either for teaching, self-education or otherwise. This month, we've also got two author interview podcasts with the lead authors of the paper select this month. And that's a really interesting way to get some insight into what the authors really feel about the work. It's amazing how often new value comes through when you listen to that conversation. So please subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you think. Well, thanks very much indeed for your attention. I hope this has been useful to you. And I do look forward to speaking to you again on the Cytokine Signaling website.